Welcome to Songs of Inspiration, a monthly podcast that brings you interviews and performances by local singer-songwriters with the goal to give space to the music community and share local artists' messages and stories with the world. I'm your host, Lars Wickland. Welcome back, everyone. On this month's episode, we talk to Dwayne Haggins, a singer-songwriter from Framingham, Massachusetts. Since early 2017, Dwayne's been on a quest to make a living playing music, leaving his mark on dozens of bars, restaurants, and scattered clubs across eastern and central Massachusetts. His distinctive sound has generated a rare sense of excitement and possibility throughout the area's musical community. He's often been described as the love child of Hank Williams and Sam Cooke and the John Legend of Rockabilly. Dwayne has cultivated a unique blend of country and blues with a vocal style that's all his own. He has shared the stage with big names such as Kebmo, Joe Badamasa, George Thorogood, and many others. I'm really pumped to have him here on the show today, so without further ado, let's dive into the interview. Hey everyone, I'm in the studio today with Dwayne Haggins. Thanks for being on the podcast, Dwayne. Thanks, Lars. Happy to be here, man. Awesome. So I gave some highlights of your career in the intro, uh, but it's always good to start at the beginning. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got started with music? Yes. Uh, I started in 20, at the very end of 2016. I did my first open mic. I realized I was, uh, I was procrastinating and, uh, being scared to actually perform so uh once i realized i was doing that i decided i have to do an open mic before i turn 21 Mm -hmm. Uh, and my 21st birthday was december 30th is that is my birthday every every year (laughs) um (laughs) uh that was a bad joke you shouldn't have laughed at that um so it was like two weeks out from that so i was like okay so i have to do an open mic right away and uh i did it at uh main street cafe in concord mass and uh, the people, the open mic is no longer, but the people that used to go there regularly are so inviting and a lot of good musicians that go there, people that are just doing it for fun and some people that maybe are trying to do it as a career. And uh, it was a perfect place to start because it was very, it was just so welcoming. And after I did it that first time, as a, as nervous as a nervous wreck as I was, uh, I decided like, oh, okay, I think I want to do this now. Very cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, can you tell us who your greatest mentor was or influence uh, musically? Um, or influences? Influences, uh, yeah, because they would be kind of separate answers. Yeah, like, yeah. There are a few, uh, as far as influences, uh, Sturgill Simpson is probably the first influence that mm-hmm. I had. Uh, seeing him on Conan O'Brien's show mm-hmm. made me... Uh, really interested in what he was doing and I ended up like taking or looking at tons of videos of him online and I saw this one video of him playing a song called Medicine Springs and it inspired me to go and buy a guitar the next day and start learning and that was in 2014 uh and then after that it turned into a lot of the old country guys like Waylon Jennings like when I was first starting to perform I used to before going out I would watch live performances of Waylon Jennings just because he seemed so comfortable on stage and I would like try to like 
like take all of that in before going and performing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though the only difference is that one reason he seemed comfortable is because he was on a lot of drugs. So that was the <laughs> only difference. But uh, still just watching somebody that seemed comfortable on stage, it already just made me a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would watch tons of videos of him. So he was a big influence in the beginning. And then like the songwriting and playing of Hank Williams, uh, just the simplicity of everything just was really inspiring. And uh, I was always, I've always been inspired by somebody that can make something so simple really good because uh, I think that sometimes is the hardest thing oddly enough to do is make things simple where our minds just go and try to complicate everything so when you see somebody doing something in such a great way but it's super simple it's very inspiring I always find it so uh, a lot of those old country guys were very uh, big like influences in the beginning um, and then as far as mentors a lot of the people that I met when I first started doing music were the most influential, uh, or like mentor, like uh, Bruce Marshall, local musician who's played around for like 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's always been a mentor to me. Um, and I could just name a few other guys like Tim Feeler. He's a local bass player and Mickey Roach, another player of many instruments. And, you know, a lot of those guys were the first people that uh, just gave good advice or did the first gigs that I was doing with me and uh I took in everything I could because I knew absolutely nothing when I first started doing music it was I was just starting from scratch like oh I guess I do this now I, don't know, I guess I do this now <laughs> so uh yeah very cool nice that was a super long answer no it's, it was a great answer <laughs> okay, cool. um when did you decide you wanted to start pursuing music as a full-time thing uh probably when I first started doing it because uh at that point, I'd kind of already realized I I couldn't do a normal job. So I was already trying to, in thinking of what I could do that's not like a, a day job and not having a boss, music wasn't really or never was a, a thought like, oh, maybe I'll do music, surprisingly. Uh, so at that time, I was just trying to figure out what I was going to do, but I knew I couldn't do something normal. Just mm-hmm. I wasn't... My brain just couldn't take that after doing a lot of day jobs. Uh, so it was probably right when I started. As soon as I did that first open mic, I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to be trying to do. Uh, and I'm going to do it until I get some huge sign that I shouldn't be doing it, that this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I feel like I've never gotten that sign yet. So That's yeah. great. Very cool. Yeah. So, What would you say the biggest challenge has been kind of pursuing music as your career? Um, I would say it's probably as a, as a front man and like the lead, it's probably managing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, like working for myself, I've always liked that cause that's what I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that's good. And I, and I always have been proud of my discipline. Like, uh, it's cause it can be very easy to just do, you know, do nothing or wake up whenever you want or not you know slack on things when Mm -hmm. you're working for yourself but i haven't had an issue with that it's it's more just the difficulty in managing all these different parts of it because the performance is in a way especially in the beginning such a small part of what we're doing Mm -hmm. and uh as in uh the importance is not small but there's all there, there are all the other things that go along with it the you know emailing and you know negotiating for yourself and uh then when you have a band trying to add it or, you know, uh, 
line everybody's dates up together yeah. and then yeah. when one person all of a sudden has to fall out for something figuring out what you're gonna do there that that's and then when a venue gives you a date and then some of the band you have to wait it's like all of that stress of that yeah that's, that's always pro- tough yeah yeah so that i would say that's all of that stuff that comes around all the like you know back office i guess mm-hmm. parts of of performing and being a musician is i would say that's the most difficult part but you get used to it too just like yeah. anything else uh, it still can be a stress at a t- at a t- at times yeah and probably the biggest stress maybe um but uh, it is you do get in these pockets of getting used to it in the very beginning and then all of a sudden it's kind of second nature yeah and then yeah. you get thrown off every once in a while but you know how to handle it you mm-hmm. know so but that is probably the most difficult thing you face on a daily basis or regular basis is all of that uh all of the stuff that is non-performing or non like writing yeah you know and then i guess writing can be difficult too sometimes you get in writer's block and Definitely. you know it's frustrating and you have to remind yourself that you don't need to be writing you don't have to write a song every day yeah because i think i like probably like many uh, in the beginning, I would always tell myself that it's like, as soon as you can't write a song, you're like, oh, I suck. I should just retire. I should, <laughs> I should do something else. I should go work anywhere else. So yeah, it's reminding yourself of the things that you know, you already know. Definitely. Yeah. Do you have any creative routines that kind of keep the inspiration flowing when it comes to writing? I would say, yeah, I think they've changed over the, over the years too. Like, I try, one thing I like to do now is not, if I have an idea, I don't always rush to write it down or, or, you know, record it. Sometimes I want to see if that idea will even last. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if it doesn't, if the next day I can't really remember what it was, then I'm like, there, there will be endless other ideas. Yeah, yeah. So one thing I think helps is to not, I don't want to try to capture everything. I think of it as like hoarding artistic, like, (laughs) you know, or hoarding ideas. It's Mm -hmm. like, I don't need every single idea I come up with. I don't need to try for every single idea. And sure, I may lose out on some good ones that way, but I'll also lose out on a ton of bad ones because most of them are bad, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So that, that's one I've been really doing more recently is not trying to save everything. Uh, But then also getting away from the everyday life of of working when you're when you're doing this that really helps to go do something different or take a break or not play that many gigs if you know if you can do it if if mm-hmm. it's feasible uh or take a trip like all the things that kind of just like get your mind to settle or yeah. you know go hang out with friends for you know a weekend and not worry about work i think that that stuff really drives creativity and just being out in the world like i love going out alone a lot like i try to go out to breakfast all, a lot by myself or go to dinner by myself and that's cool and you just yeah and you just take in the world a little bit more rather yeah. than when you're with friends you you're all you're right there with friends and you guys are riffing together and that that gets creativity too i get a lot of stuff out of friends just from weird or dumb things they say (laughs) but it it also is good to just be alone and be able to like really scope scope the world and be like oh that's a good idea oh maybe that for a song or that's cool or a title of this or or an art like a a, a idea for art like a poster or something like that everything that goes around music too like is very inspirational so i try to just like always do that always kind of use alone time for for the good of what i'm doing that's cool i've done that myself doing doing like a 
uh, in the artist way, they call it like an artist date or something. Like go out and just like oh, that's good uh, see see a show or like yeah. uh, get a meal at a cool restaurant or uh, see some like art and just kind of get inspired and stuff and it, it really does help a lot yeah that's actually that's another great point i love going to see music when i can too yeah. like or a show or comedy too like i get a lot of inspirational uh or ins- inspiration from comedy because i was saying earlier that uh i love one of the things i love is comedy stand-up comedy and uh just all the ins and outs of that because there are a lot of parallels with that and music and uh even just listening to podcasts uh of those guys and their conversation sparks inspiration and going to see them live or going to see music live like that's really that that does a lot for me too i it's nice to see whether it's really bad or really good or anywhere in between yeah it gives you something uh that's like that's a good idea or i don't know it's I, I agree with you that it's it's nice to go out to a show too. Definitely. Cool. You've um played with some big names like Joe Bonamassa and Kebmo. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience and what that was like? Yeah, that was really cool. That was last uh last yeah, 2022 February. We did uh the Joe Bonamassa keeping the blues alive cruise. Uh me and the band and uh, we weren't sure how we'd feel about the cruise part of it because none of us had ever been on a cruise yeah, and, yeah, or ever wanted to be on a cruise. But the idea of like a festival cruise seemed cool. Yeah. Uh, and it was. It, it definitely probably exceeded our expectations as far as the, the experience itself. That's cool. Um, and then also sometimes just with artists, you don't know how people are going to be. So like you don't know if people are going to be, you know, kind of shitty or not yeah uh, yeah. or like very like (laughs) i'm a star kind of but none nobody that i came across and we met like most of the people on on the ship and nobody was like that so that was really refreshing and cool to to know that i was like oh these are just all cool people that are doing the same thing as us and everybody's in like a different area of of their career um so it it was really cool there's a uh they so in the cruise you mentioned Kebmo, so this is a quick funny Kebmo story. Uh, in each room on the cruise, they would play all the artists like they would play a, a video like before the cruise. The artist team or the artist get got to you know send in a video that you wanted that they might use, mm-hmm. and they put them all on the uh, TVs that were in the rooms on the cruise. And uh, so we had a couple in uh, in that rotation, and uh, well, the day that we got off the cruise everybody's going to either their cars they have uh there's uh or buses that are going to the airport or wherever everyone's going so all my band was on the bus and i wanted to run to the bathroom real quick and i saw keb mo going to his car so i was like uh and we had played with him uh, at one point uh we played with him joe bonamassa and then jimmy vivino and his whole backing band it was for the like last night of the cruise it was the uh the artist all-star jam so each artist got up there and played a song with all those all those guys and uh kebmo was up there and uh so we played with them and it was fun to do that so then when that last day and we were going to the buses i ran to the bathroom and i saw kebmo and i was like oh keb it was really nice to meet you man it was nice to play with you and everything and uh he's like oh yeah he's like uh i saw i saw some of you guys's videos on the tv which obviously is very cool we've yeah. listened to kebmo for a while and uh now the band and i always quote this because he was like I see your ass. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
So every once in a while, any any situation we could get, the band and I were always like, "I see your ass, I see your ass." <laughs> nice. uh, it was cool. He was he was such a nice guy, and everybody was on there. And Joe Bonamassa too. He's a really really cool guy. I mean, he supports all of those artists. Like he gets tons of young up and coming artists to get on there, as well as the big names like Kebmo or George so Thorogood, cool. and yeah. So it's really cool that people that have that kind of pull are still like thinking about all the people coming up yeah because it's yeah. very easy to not and mm -hmm. you know you can't even really shit on those guys that do that it's like you're so in your own world sometimes when you're wherever you are if you're a even bigger star than joe bonamas or or a little less lesser star it's like that world is you got so much going on so it can be easy to not have time to think about the people coming up you know yeah so for him to put that effort into doing that still is that's really cool and he was a really nice guy about all that too so that's awesome Very yeah cool. that was a good experience it was it was fun it was really and it was a different experience too as when you're coming up uh you have to play so such a variety of shows mm -hmm. locally. So, you know, you can do your ticketed shows where you get your fans to come out, and then you are playing sometimes in a restaurant where no one maybe is there for the music, and maybe they like you or maybe they don't, they don't care at all. So to be on that cruise or a cruise like that, you get all these shows booked and every the rooms are full and you don't have to worry about like selling tickets because their people are going to be there and they get to look at the schedule and decide who they want to go to but there are so many people that are there on the cruise too to come watch you so it's uh you you're not afraid of like oh i hope i hope there aren't five people at this show <laughs> yep, you know yep. so it's like that to have that taken off your shoulders and just be able to be like, oh, we have a show tonight and we just get to play and like really craft a show rather than like, oh, I got to fit the vibe of this bar or fit this. We got to do it because of this. So that was that was a really good experience to have a week's worth of shows that we could just, you know, basically think only about music, walk up on stage and then play a show and for people that really are just there to watch music and that's great. see a band so yeah that was the most that was the the best part of that I, i'd say yeah that you grow a lot of as an artist I, yeah i think doing that type of stuff yeah. oh so true like i took so much away from that in a way of like man i wish we could do this more like not even just a cruise i mean just like that, that's what you're striving for or many of us at least is to be able to just play shows and yeah. just be able to focus on crafting a show and being like oh the the arc of this show maybe we could do this or songs like this or you know rather than having to think about every every other part of it you know yeah yeah so uh yeah that was cool very cool awesome I really like the vocal style that you use. Uh, it's definitely a blend of a bunch of different artists, sort of sound, sort of. Um, how did you go about discovering that sound vocally and um, figuring out like uh, what you wanted to do? Uh, I don't. I think uh, for me, it really helps to not think too much uh, about um, strategy. And I say that like there are things you have to strategize about, but as far as what I, how I'm gonna do, th sing or how I'm gonna play, I try to just do just whatever comes mm -hmm. out, and then I can analyze it after, seeing if yeah, I like that yeah. or not. And I think what what has molded my vocals the most because I I never got any training and I never knew I was gonna even do music until 2016. Mm -hmm. uh, so. It's listening and finding all these different artists that I really like. So I started just listening to country music guys. And when I when I listen back to my uh, any like recordings I have early when I first started, I hear a, like a, this kind of like more of a 
southern thing which i hate because i don't want to sing like a southern person because i'm not uh versus like there's a style of singing where it's like soul and yeah. sometimes that you might sing a word that doesn't you, you won't necessarily say the word like that yeah that's a different thing to me but uh i never wanted to sing with a southern accent and, th- and it's hard at first when you're you don't know how you sing and then you're listening to a lot of these like guys like hank williams and waylon jennings and johnny mm-hmm. paycheck so uh then i started finding out through those guys in a way just them covering a song by whatever the doors and be like oh who are the doors and then i find out uh you know friends show me leon russell and i'm like and leon russell is probably my biggest inspiration right now cool. uh him and delaney bramlett those are mm-hmm. my two favorite artists of all time cool. and uh uh not to go on and on but delaney when i first heard him sing uh it was this really weird thing of uh i was like wow this is how i've i think i've been singing or going for the entire time like you know, you're sitting in the car and you're singing along to a song and uh, you're kind of ad-libbing or maybe you sing like how you feel. Like, oh, if yeah. I was singing it, and you're alone, so you're just like trying things out. And I would do that when I was first listening to stuff that I'd never heard of his. And uh, I would like throw a falsetto in and then he would do it at the same time. And a song that I'd never heard. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, see, this is this is who I think. I, I relate to the most. That's so, so it was cool. real yeah, it was weird to find him and uh I just really love his music and his way of singing. And then uh Leon Russell too. I really appreciate his his band his uh role as a band leader through his career. Mm-hmm. I think he was really good at that. And his songwriting is very unique to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Great so, songwriter. Yeah, and I love that. And I love what I really uh what really hits me the most with a singer is somebody that sings and they they're not taking themselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. So there's like a playfulness in vocals. And yeah. I think Leon Russell is that. He would throw in these weird falsettos that aren't necessarily like great sounding, mm-hmm. but it but it it is great because it's just feeling. And like Ray Charles is somebody I relate to in that way too. Yeah, he yeah. has like funny vocals in a way. Yeah. And uh uh Mon- the band Mongo Jerry, uh they their hit was uh, in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Uh an English, old English band, and uh, Ray Dorsett was the lead singer of that, and he is just, all their music is just ridiculous and playful, and his vocals are that. So I really appreciate vocals like that, and uh, I think the more I heard singers and uh, sing in different ways, it was really helpful to kind of mold my own vocals, and you take a little bit from everybody, yeah, and then it molds what your sound is, you know. Jim Morrison, too, throw him out there. I love, really love, I think he had very unique vocals. Like he as, did, yeah. Even as a crooner, and like you can find guys that you could say are similar in that way, it, it, it was a unique way of singing, especially over like, like rock and roll or like jam bandy kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So kind of molding all those and and then even somebody ridiculous as like tiny tim like s- yeah. s- sticking weird falsettos and like yeah these yeah. F- crescendoing weird nonsensical things like i think that's fun to do uh in performance because you know i could i could just sing a song and just sing it as a singer and then there's like singing where it's just like feeling i think that's what makes me attracted to a performance too like when i'm seeing a band you can, there are so many good singers and good players of everything now, yeah. but how do you put your own spin on it and how, and how much are you like, I'm just going to do this because I feel like doing this and might not even sound that great and I'm just going to throw it out there. Like that's yeah. the most interesting to me. And I think it goes with, uh, my personality too. Like I just like to, uh, um, 
I really appreciate comedy and like making things fun or funny, yeah. whether it's not funny to somebody else, but it might just be funny to you. Like, I think that's important to add to my performance at least. You know? Yeah. It definitely makes it unique and like, yeah, watching some of your videos, I, the Tiny Tim reference is interesting because I, I, I heard some of that and some of the like vocal stuff you did do with the falsetto. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. Little pieces everywhere. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You can. Yeah. It's fun to just throw all, all of that in. Yeah. Uh, and I never really looked listened too much to Tiny Tim. And then uh, the last record that we did or the most recent one, Call Me Boston, um, we were recording at top hat in a top hat recording studio in knoxville and uh the engineer john harvey when we were mixing he was like we were i think it was we were mixing or listening to something that was not going to be on the record it was just ridiculousness Mm -hmm. and he's like oh you're doing like a tiny tim thing and i i'd known tiny i known of tiny tim through like movies like insidious and things like that Mm -hmm. but i never really tried to listen to anything else besides like Tiptoe. <laughs> uh, so I was like, let me, let me see, I want to see what else he did. And then I just like went through like this two week period of just listening to a ton of Tiny Tim stuff. And uh, he, everything he does is ridiculous. There's yeah. nothing that seems serious when he was doing it because he was like, as far as a showman, like that was basically all he was. It was, yeah. I'm sure he felt a lot of stuff too, but, uh, or he definitely felt a lot of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, it was fun to take some of that stuff away too, because I was like, "Oh well, I I do falsetto, but I could just, you know, it was, it was cool. It, it made me think about it differently." Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. His music's very fun to listen to. Yeah, it it's is very upbeat. And fun. Yeah, yeah. If you want to be, if you're like, I don't feel like listening to a sad song or this meaningful song. I just want to listen to somebody just, yeah, bullshitting. That's <laughs> yeah. <tiny> time. <laughs> definitely cool. Um. From listening to your songs, one that I really uh, liked and stuck out to me was the song Vivian. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about how you wrote that song and the story behind it? Yeah. Uh, that song... Um, so when we used to... I used to rehearse regularly with the band, um, or at least the force, first or, orientation of the band. And uh, Will Wood is my bass player. He's who I've played with as far as a regular band uh I've played with him longer than any of the other guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually I'd bring songs, which I was always happy about. Uh, but I wanted I want people to be honest always when I was bringing a song to the band. Like, if a song sucks, you should t- I would like you to tell me it sucks so I can think about it differently. Or decide that maybe I disagree and I don't think it sucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, Will, uh, over everybody else, would be the last person to not like something or say... Like, he just... He never really would say something about like, oh, I don't know about this, what about this? And uh, Vivian, I wrote as a completely different song at first. And uh, I think it had a shitty title, like Goodnight Sweetheart or something bad that I that wasn't actually good. Uh, and uh, when I told Will, we rehearsed it once uh, as just a one-on-one rehearsal. And uh, he, at the end of it, he was like, oh, what's that song called? Because he was just putting it in the notes. And I was like, it's Goodnight Sweetheart. And he's like, really he's like that's the title he's like i don't know about that <laughs> so it made me rethink the entire song because it's like will never says that so i went <laughs> home that night and rewrote the entire thing but i kept the music because i liked the i liked the music of it and the yeah. chords and the yeah. melody so uh i went home that night and rewrote the entire uh lyrical content of it and uh just brought it to the band the next day and then we rehearsed it as that um but the song itself it was just a a story because the first one was about i don't even remember what it was about um but 
when I went home, I was just trying to think of a different concept. And, uh, I thought of a concept that is just, uh, you know, a guy that is trying to say sorry in so many ways, basically. And I don't know why it spoke to me in that way then, but it was a very easy song to write. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think a lot of the time, the easiest songs for me to write are when I'm challenged to write a song in a, yeah. in a, in a way. Whether it's somebody, whether it was that situation where he's like, this, I don't know about this title. And then I went the extreme was like, oh yeah, the title sucks and the whole song sucks actually. <laughs> and rewrote the entire thing. Or somebody being like, oh, you should write a song. You Like thinking of, we have an idea together. He's like, oh, you should, if you don't write a song like that, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> like things like that really motivate me to write a song that's cool uh it's probably like competitiveness from when i was younger even though i don't feel competitive in art and music mm -hmm. but if i can be competitive against myself as far as writing yeah that yeah. i like i like it really drives me um so that yeah that that song just came from one of a, a rewrite where i really liked the music of it and uh i i also am attached to writing songs with names mm -hmm. uh i think i like that because it's like a you get to put an identity to something, mm -hmm. and I think that's fun in writing. It's fun yeah. to, you know, choose a name and then be like, who is this person? Or or who, if it's if the protagonist in the song is somebody talking about the person, who is that person to, you know, Vivian? Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, I really, uh, I like writing songs. I have so many songs that are just women's names or a name or, mm -hmm. like, uh, yeah, I, I just like that. So That's um, cool. That is a cool challenge to kind of make an identity or yeah. around a name that's cool yeah and uh and I, I appreciate you liking that song that's that's my mom's favorite song too oh nice yeah so a lot of a lot of the people that come to see us like that one which uh it's always interesting to are trying or no more do i try to wonder why people like songs because you might write a song that you think like oh i think people might really like this one and then they like the one that you thought nobody would like or, or you like they like the one that you didn't think anybody would like <laughs> but it was more for yourself uh i didn't really think of vivian in that way i just wrote it and liked liked how it i like singing it you yeah. know it's still one of the songs that i like singing the most and, that's awesome yeah yeah, I love the guitar parts on that too, like the leads and stuff. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, were you listening to the the most recent one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's yeah, Aaron Aaron Shreve on on guitar there. He's 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 really he's great, and he, yeah. that's a good song. Uh, that he shines on that one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I saw you signed uh, recently with uh, Verdict Records. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Any plans for like a tour, new uh, music, or anything in the near future? I would love that that's really what I would like to be doing uh with the bands as soon as we can is to start touring. It's just so hard, you know, yeah. fee like money wise to mm -hmm. to do it yourself. You know, you hope to either get attached to a tour with somebody else mm -hmm. or at least when you're at where we are or uh you know, you're hoping you're still gaining fans and you're you know, hoping that basically somebody else can be paying for the tour. Yeah. Um but yeah, Verdict, uh, I signed with Verdict in the end of 21, um, and I heard about Steve, uh, Steve Berger's the head of the label, and I was introduced to him through uh, a, a man named Bob Duteau, uh, and he books us, Bob's an agent, he books us for a lot of bigger, uh, like the crews that we got and things like that, and uh, Bob works for Live Nation, and he had worked with Steve as, a, Steve's also a lawyer, mm -hmm. and he had worked with Steve over the last, you know, their basically their whole careers and different times where 
Steve might have been representing somebody that, you know, Bob was booking or something like that. And uh, he told me about Steve and he said, oh, he's just started this indie label and um, how an indie label can be favorable sometimes for an up and coming artist because, you know, they can spend more time on you yeah. rather than going to there. I mean, there are a million labels now, but rather than going to a label that you're signed to, but then you're just kind of sitting there because they have way bigger fish on the <laughs> label and you're kind of just lost. So uh, I like the idea of that. And then I also like the idea of uh, um, being introduced to somebody because yeah. every single artist now is, you know, you get an email from somebody that says they have a label and it's all, it's kind of sketchy now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like unless you're getting a recommendation from somebody you trust, mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to, to decide that unless you know somebody that you can ask that, yeah. you know, on their label or it's, it can be tricky now, but also it's very favorable for us because you can, with social media and, and the internet, you can really, you can do your own background checks on pretty yeah. much anybody that's looking reaching out to you um so that made me feel safe that i was getting recommended through somebody mm -hmm. and we zoomed and uh i liked what steve was saying and i liked how much uh or how little he was going to be involved with creativity mm -hmm. you know they weren't trying to steer me or the band in a certain way and he liked us for what we were already doing like uh, you know, I wouldn't say we're a jam band because we have songs, yeah. but it's like we have elements of jam band. When you come to see us live, we might play a 25 minute version or a medley of eight <laughs> songs in 30 minutes or something. And yeah, yeah. So uh, I liked that he liked that because at least my idea of a label was wanting to put out like, you know, two and a half minute pop songs, which yeah. are cool, too. But I don't want to only do that. Yeah, yeah. So I liked that he liked live and he really like the idea of eventually doing a live album which we might do soon that's cool yeah and we might do that might be the next thing we do and so uh, that made me feel like very good about it and then the fact that it was just a digital you know we have a digital distribution deal which i like that's another thing that's uh, i'd say safe for an artist if you're signing a deal mm -hmm. with a label or somebody you know signing a digital distribution deal is a very uh um it's it's not a, you're not giving everything away you yeah. know by doing that That's and awesome. uh, somebody that has more connects within you know able to help your music there you know every album we p released before this basically has done nothing because uh, you know I don't have especially when I, we were starting you know we put out an album like a year after I started yeah. Uh, and you just don't have you have no ways of really like promoting it across the world or yeah, whatever yeah. you know so that was that was steve has helped in that way and and verdict and they're so easy to work with and uh they're good people so that's yeah. great yeah very cool happy for you that you have that um and getting your music out there and yeah. stuff thanks very man. cool um what's one piece of advice you'd give to singer songwriters that are just starting out I would say to be as 100 or 200% of yourself as you can possibly be. I think it's so easy, like, and to not be attached to, you have to, I guess you have to know what you're doing it for, but if you're, if you're coming in it hoping to, you just want to be like a star, that's probably, it's going to be so much more difficult and less fun. You know, you have to really make sure you're passionate about it uh, and that you, you, you're not putting a time limit on it. Mm -hmm. You know, anyone that's starting, like, if it doesn't work out in five years, then, then I'll go back to school or I'll do this. Like, if you're thinking that, you should probably just go to school like, yeah. right yeah. away. Because uh, 
whatever success you want, it could take five years. It might take a year or it could take 15 years or 20 years. Mm -hmm. So you have to really, really like it and love it and be passionate about every part, every part of your artistry and performing. And then it'll make all that other stuff we were talking about earlier easily, like doing all the back office stuff. You do it and you're fine with it pretty much because you're like, well, I don't want to be doing that. I don't want to go have to go back to work and do this, Mm -hmm. you know, and then uh, to really be yourself because uh, it can be easy to see what's working for somebody else and try to do that. Um, But if you're just being yourself and a hundred percent of yourself, nobody else is going to be that. Yep. So you're, you're at an advantage if you were just being yourself because people have a reason to come see you. Yeah. You know, why come see a, a, a copy version of somebody else when yep. they could just go see that person, Definitely. you know? So to be comfortable in being your weird self, however weird you're like, I don't know if this will even work. It, it <laughs> probably will work better than copying somebody else Definitely. or trying to like be a version of that. So I would say the, that's the the biggest thing that I learned uh, just through doing it so much in the beginning and now still is to always just be a hundred percent of myself. The weird ideas, just, just go with those weird ideas and decide they are, they suck after you try them. And then uh, to really make sure you, you love it and not have uh, not try to take these shortcuts that are trying to, I just want to get there quickly, yeah, you know, yeah. cause you want to be able to just be like, what it, whatever happens happens and I, I'm just going to keep liking this and keep playing and and then the last part of it I would say is just to make sure you're playing live a lot mm-hmm. um, I mean you can go the social media route too I guess that's that is an avenue now but uh, I think social media can be very it can just be it can be a downer when you're trying because there's so much on yeah. social media yeah. it's very easy to get lost yeah. but if you're going out and performing and you're gaining fans that way and then also having a presence on social media you don't have to just rely on the social media part yeah you know just like just take every gig you can at first until you start having gigs and then you can take the better ones you know just play as much as possible be in front of eyes like think yeah. those three things love it be only yourself and then just play as much as possible definitely yeah i think especially when i go out and see live bands and stuff like seeing a someone live makes me want to go find them and stuff a lot more like it has more of an impact than just seeing it on social media where it can get lost in the shuffle right even and even when you see it right like you'll see it and be like wow that was really cool and then you move on to the next thing that you're looking at you slide down one more oh this is sick let me go check this out then you forgot about that other person already yeah even if they were good you know yeah so yeah that the i'm this i'm that same way is is and even if uh i see somebody online i want to i would rather if I like them and I do stay with it and like go look at their website or something, I want to go see them if I really like them and that'll tell me if I really like them. Yeah. And then seeing them live, same thing is like, Oh, now I want to go listen to your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on with you there. Cool. Yeah. That's really solid advice. Um, awesome. I'm excited to hear some music. What songs are you going to play for us today? Oof. Um, <laughs> That's a good question. I'll do. Uh, I think I'm gonna do some originals prob- that aren't uh, recorded okay. today. Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, probably. And I might even change my mind after once I get out there. <laughs> but uh, I think I'll start with one. There's a song that I wrote. Um, one of the first songs that I wrote. Uh, it's called Black River. Mm-hmm. And uh, real quick, I'll say that it. Uh, 
when I first started, I heard artists saying, like Hank Williams, I say, he would say like, if a song can't be written in 15 minutes, it's not worth writing. So I used to put a timer on myself and try to write it in 15 minutes. And then I heard like Waylon Jennings say like, I, sometimes it takes me, or I heard Sturgill Simpson and John Prine talk in an interview. And they were like, eh, like 30 minutes, or if it's past that, the song's going to be bad. And then I heard Waylon Jennings say like, sometimes it takes me a day, a month, sometimes it takes me 10 years to write a song. <laughs> and that made me realize like, oh, there's no, there aren't rules. Like you yeah. shouldn't put a time limit. Like, a song might take tons of time to write yeah. or it comes out in five minutes. And uh, so when I was writing Black River, it was the first song where I was like, okay, I really like this song where it's going. So let me just sit and I'm going to take my time with it and not try to bang it out. Yeah. Uh, so it was the first song that I was actually really happy with. And then uh, also in the beginning of like writing that song that you're really happy with, you're like, I'm, ne I'm never going to write another song again. <laughs> this is it. So that was the first song I felt like that with and uh i've just been waiting to record it and i, I just been trying to settle on a way to do it so nice uh, i'll play that song and uh do you want to know all of the songs right now? no okay <laughs> good because i'm not sure i'll feel it in a moment cool yeah we'll figure it out in the moment yeah yeah awesome cool well thank you for taking the time to talk today of course, um, man. thanks for and, having me uh yeah let's hear some music you got it cool this song's called black river Traveling down Long Black River, yeah, on my ride sin. Forsaken souls of greed and gore line these dark waters. Yeah, no shadows creep within. Roll on your boat down the way, yeah. See those silent screams. Black River, you know, it bends and ripples up there. Never ending, you see. Oh, booty, 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 and I begin to roll along so rapidly The closer I get, the further it seems Something lingers in the air Some sort of entity The hair on my neck stands up and it's frightening And I feel it staring back at me Crashing sounds are heard. A 
Yes, that one's called Black River. Uh, I'm gonna do a song now. This song is on our new record, our most recent record, Call Me Boston. This one's called Space for Two. Coming through. 
caught up on the attempt to read your mind Pouring out of my long angles made you blue Well, I'm cracking jokes, hoping that your lips make a smile, baby Hoping that I'm a man inside your mind Or is it a mystery man you want in life Heaven knows if there's a life with you But atop every cloud there's space for two Yeah, space for two Oh, yes, a space for two No time every cloud, my love There is a space for two Oh, I want to be always on your mind All the time, all the time Heaven knows if there's a lie with you All on the top, every cloud there is space for two Yeah, space for two What a space for two On the top, every cloud, my love there is space too, and I know I'm jumping in love. Ooh, yes, I'm like a kangaroo. I really appreciate it. Um, you can check out uh, all the music and find out where either I will be or me with the full band on DwayneHagans.com. Uh, we play a lot locally, so you can come see us. Please come see us. Please, please, please come see us. Um, I'm going to end with this last song called Song About Nothing. This is another, another one of the first songs I ever wrote. Um, it's not recorded, but it's recorded right here, right now. Everybody, let's gather round. I got a song for you. I'm sure it'll put you down. And it's a song about nothing. Yes, I mean nothing at all. A lyrical mess spiraling down the fall. 
song about all people and how we die And if we're lucky we'll hitch a ride up to the sky And they say there's a man up there with a long gray beard An invisible man who people say should be revered A song about how my guitar needs new strings a song about how we'd be in trouble if pigs had wings Flying overhead, shitting on all of us That's right Chemtrails in the sky put there by the government And a song about the country music on the radio Beer, big trucks, dirt roads, you know how it goes Song about showing love by buying her ring And a song about how some countries still have kings Ooh, Tell me to watch the news to educate my mind What a perfect way to come home and unwind No it isn't A song about a couple of fools storming Capitol Hill Grown men with selfie sticks and they're dressed to kill So where do we go? Where have we been? There's really nothing like a living, I'm loving this life sin And imagine a place where everything goes swell Well, I'ma tell you that sounds to me like the perfect kind of hell So cha-ching, the money rings, it's all about making the cake We're all talking monkeys in space, for goodness sake Joe Rogan said that We could be living in a virtual reality It's a song about I don't know It beats the hell out of me Yeah, good night everybody Thanks for listening to Songs of Inspiration Until next time Keep supporting live music, stay safe, and be well. This podcast is produced by True to the Vision Music. For more information, check out LarsWhitman.net.